Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in episode 167 what's right with Nick Wright I am flying solo today and next week Diora will also be out but my wife will be in for her Next week, Diora will then be back in a week and a half, but today it is just me, and we have some breaking news via a flame-throwing interview from Sean Payton to get to, Aaron Rodgers taking a pay cut, all of that, plus we have talked to you about Jalen Brown and Justin Herbert's big new money extensions, but first, what we're not getting into, NFL preseason, amazingly, just one week away, last night, the U.S. women's national team got a hard-fought draw with the Netherlands, not ideal, and I lose my wager that I, I, I got really good odds, but I bet the U.S. women's national team to run the table, to go undefeated in the tournament. Obviously, to win the tournament, they have to go undefeated in the knockout stage, but it also meant they had to go 3-0 and in the group stage. They will not with the tie against Netherlands, but they should be fine. And Burrow confident that Cincinnati keeps everyone, they won't. T. Higgins, this will be his last year on the team, but hey, you go win the Super Bowl this year and you're fun, and it's worth it. You don't win the Super Bowl this year, you're going to wish you had traded him for a first-round pick as you could have this offseason. But the latest news in the NFL is the... Are we? You know what? I screwed this up, possibly. I thought we were going to start with the Aaron Rodgers news. We will get to the Aaron Rodgers news in just a moment. We will start with the Justin Herbert news. My apologies there on the Aaron Rodgers thing. I teased it. We're not starting with it, but we will get to it. Justin Herbert is the new highest paid player in the NFL. Uh, Five years, $262.5 million, and there is some pushback because... He is getting this money before having ever won a playoff game. And I understand that, but they also had to pay him. So here's the thing. All of the other quarterbacks who have gotten huge money deals right after their rookie deal under the newest salary structure, all of those guys had won a playoff game except for Kyler, and I think they're going to regret that, and Carson Wentz, but Wentz was in a unique spot because he had played well enough to where his team was positioned for the number one seed. They then ended up winning the Super Bowl. He obviously wasn't playing because he was hurt. But Wentz also, that deal didn't work out. 
but Deshaun, Lamar, hell, Daniel Jones, obviously Mahomes, Jared Goff had been to a Super Bowl. Go up and down the list. Joe Burrow had been to a Super Bowl. He hasn't gotten his money yet, but he's about to. Tua not won a playoff game. He didn't get the big money deal. Now, Justin Herbert is an objectively excellent player, but there is still the yeah, but of we've seen him play in one playoff game and one de facto playoff game, and he wasn't great in either spot. The playoff game, he, when the Chargers had a chance to win the game outright, essentially, to go up by five scores at the end of the first half against the Jags, he missed a couple big throws, he then wasn't great in the second half, and they blow a 27-point lead. The de facto playoff game was week 18 of the year before, and that was when they were playing the Raiders in the famous, if there's a tie, they both go to the playoffs. Now, if you watched that game, the last half of the fourth quarter, he played perfect football. But the time leading up to that, he struggled mightily, which is why they needed him to be, play great in the lat, latter half of the fourth quarter. Then they end up losing in overtime. This is a deal the Chargers had to do. It's undeniable. But now Justin Herbert, who was so great as a rookie and really sensational in year two, and then last year took a bit of a step back. You can say it was the injuries on the team. You can say it was the cracked ribs, whatever it was, took a bit of a step back. It's now not about the cannon of an arm or the raw arm talent or any of that. It is more about the actual, are you going to take the next step because in the AFC you have these eight quarterbacks that are all vying for the argument of where am I in the hierarchy? So you have, and I'm not going to list them in order, I'm just going to go off the top of my head by divisions. You have Allen, Rodgers, and Tua in the AFC East. You have Burrow and Lamar and you, some people would throw in Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't. But in the AFC North, you have Trevor Lawrence in the AFC South. And then you obviously have Mahomes and Herbert in the AFC West. And again, some would throw in Russell Wilson. I won't. That's eight guys. All of which, at various times of their career, have looked like great quarterbacks. For Tua, it's the smallest sample, but he was playing so great early last year before the injuries. You're in a weird spot in the AFC right now where you can be a really good quarterback and average in your conference. So they need Herbert, undeniably, to take that next step forward. Maybe Kellen Moore, he will do it with Kellen Moore. But this is a massive year for him because after this year, when these this contract really starts to kick in, it gets so much harder for them to build a winner, and you're not going to be able to have Mac and Bosa. They just drafted Quentin Johnson number one, in, with their number one pick, which I love that pick for them, uh, but you're not going to have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and him long-term. So you probably have as much talent around you as you ever will right now if you're the Chargers. So it's a big spot, and they're now paying him like, 
He is a top five quarterback in football. He obviously has top five quarterback talent. He has not quite delivered top five quarterback results. We'll see if he does. All right, next, Sean Payton talked to USA Today and absolutely torched. I mean torched the previous regime in Denver. He said, quote, it might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. I'll read you the full quote. Everybody's got a little stink on their hands. It's not just Russell. It was a poor offensive line. Might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. He also took a shot at the Jets. I'm going to read you that quote from the article where the full quote is, it doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed. That happened here. Part of it was their own fault. Relative to spending so much time trying to win the offseason, the PR, pomp, circumstance, marching people around, and all this stuff, we're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. You watch Hard Knocks, all of it, I can see it coming. Uh, and so he's taken a preemptive shot at the Jets. He took a retroactive shot at Nat Hackett and the entire Broncos coaching staff, all in service of maybe partially his ego, but also in Russell Wilson defense. Guys, I watched every single snap Russell Wilson played last year. I also watched him his last year in Seattle. This was before he got in the Nat Hackett business. This was a clearly declining player. And last year, there's a great tweet from Warren Sharp uh, today that I don't know if Warren was defending Russ, but Warren puts up the video of how embarrassing it was when the Broncos fans were counting down the play clock for the Broncos so they would stop getting delay of game penalties. And it's a three-play cut. And this we're, I'm actually going to do something with this on the TV show today to show it to you. But I'll just walk you through it, uh, you know, through my words here. It's a three-play cut of the play clock winding down, and you hear the fans in Denver going three, two, one, so they don't get a delay of game. And it does show what a mess the process and the coaching was there. But what, if you watch the full 45 second cut, it doesn't end right when the ball is snapped. They show the three plays. And they are three cartoonishly awful plays by Russell Wilson after the ball is snapped. And so Sean Payton in this article also says, uh, it, the article starts with, Quote, I'm going to be pissed off if this is not a playoff team. We'll be ready to be pissed off, Sean. And the fact of the matter is, Denver, I just listed, when talking about Justin Herbert, eight AFC quarterbacks. Didn't even I didn't even consider including Russell Wilson in that group. Nine and ten would probably be Deshaun and you would hope Russell Wilson. Last year, he was not one of the top 25 quarterbacks in football. 
Will he bounce back a little? Sure. Will he bounce back enough that they are going to be able to overcome the fact that his five-year, $245 million contract does not even start until next season? No, they will not. And uh, Sean Payton, he, the level of cocksureness that he is displaying here, I think could bite him in a real way. Again, I think he's a very good coach. I also think, you know, it, I'm seemingly the only person that remembers this or cares about this. But Michael Thomas, remember when Michael Thomas was, you know, one of the best players in the league, set the record for receptions in a season, all of that. And then week one of the following season, the the Saints were playing the Bucks and blowing them out. And Sean Payton wanted to run up the score. And with like a minute and a half left near the goal line, had Michael Thomas in the game. And he got rolled up on and suffered a high ankle sprain that three years later he has not recovered from. That was Sean Payton's ego getting a little bit of the best of him. And this interview, I do not think is going to do himself any favors. And you never see a head coach, certainly an active, usually even a retired head coach, take shots at another coach this way. So I'm sure the Jets, they have set themselves up where the opening month of the season for Denver's nice. Vegas, Washington, Miami's tough, then Chicago. But now all of a sudden, with them taking preemptive shots at the Jets, when their next six games are the Jets, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Chiefs again, Buffalo, Minnesota, season could go off the rails on them in a real quick hurry before we get to November. And so I, I'm not a believer in the Broncos. I wasn't a believer in Nat Hackett. I was adamant about that all year last year, but he was not the only problem. All right, next. So the Celtics have signed Jalen Brown to the biggest contract in NBA history. Our resident Celtics fan, Demonze, sends in a question from Los Angeles. Demonze, go right ahead. What's up, What's Right crew uh, and listeners? I saw that a couple Boston Celtics fans did not agree with my take on putting a left-handed turnover clause in Jalen Brown's new contract. I'm here to tell you that I 100% stand on that. I still think that they should. Obviously, something isn't working with this Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown duo. We keep making it so far just to squander it. It hurts me. It's annoying. I'd rather us just be bad and know that we're bad and nothing's to come of it than to have these players and we we have all the necessary tools to make it to a finals and win a finals, but uh, we just aren't doing it. So I think that something needs to be switched up. My question for my dad and the listeners, do you think that we took a step forward with this Jalen Brown thing or a step backwards? In my opinion, this is a huge step backwards, um, but let me know what you guys think. Uh, peace out. All right, thank you to Monze. Appreciate the question. Can't wait till you rejoin us on the pod here at the end of August, beginning of September. I 
I disagree with Demonze, but he's not entirely wrong. Here's where I disagree. You had to sign him to this deal. You can't let him become a free agent a year from now and walk for nothing. He is one of the 25 best players in the sport. Now, is it an overpay? It is, but it's what it costs to keep him. So you have to sign him to the deal. Do I think the Celtics are going to win the title this year? I don't. I don't think Chris Stapps is enough of a difference maker, and you don't know if Chris Stapps is going to stay healthy. And when they don't, now they're the Vegas favorites to win the title. I think that's crazy, but they are the Vegas favorites to win the title. But when they don't win the title, then all of a sudden Jalen Brown's going to show up in trade rumors again. That's just what's going to happen. He can't be traded now for 12 months, but if they don't win the title, he'll show up in trade rumors again. The thing is this, Jalen Brown is good enough to be the second best player on a champion. Jalen Brown is also not as, like, Jace, the problem for the Celtics, I want to make sure I'm clear with my words here. Tatum is better than Brown, that's undeniable. Brown is good enough to be the second best player on a champion. Tatum is not good enough to be the best player on a champion. Nick, that's unfair. No, it's not. Best players on champions. Again, guys, since 1980 are the following. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Moses Malone with Dr. J, but Moses was the best player at that point. Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Michael Jordan. I'm not listing every champion because some of those guys, I, I am listing every champion, but uh, the repeats were only listing them once. Akeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal, put Chauncey Billups over here in this category, Dwayne Wade with Shaquille O'Neal, Kevin Garnett with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, but kind of put him over here in this category. Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowitzki, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Jokic. So, I all of those guys that I listed are top 20 all-time guys, except for Chauncey, who is the strong outlier. Kevin Garnett, who is right on the fringe, but had Pierce and Ray Allen with him. You had three top 75 all-time guys in their prime. And then Kawhi, who was pacing towards being an all-timer, and injuries derailed it. In this league, if you and Jokic has become an all-timer, if you don't have a legend, you don't win the title. And Tatum's awesome, but he's not a legend, and I don't think he's going to be. Now you'd be like, Nick, you didn't think Jokic was going to be. That's true. So maybe you'll take a giant leap. But I don't see that happening. So the Celtics, they're in a weird spot because Brown is the movable piece. 
and you wouldn't trade Tatum, but if Tatum's your best player, you're probably not winning the championship. Just not. And so, listen, they're the Vegas favorites. I could be wrong. I do think that they waited to sign Jalen because they don't love, they don't think the Tatum-Brown fit is perfect. But you gotta, you can't let him walk for nothing, and he will be a movable piece, even if he is, you know, will be upset that for the seventh time in eight, or for the fifth time in six years, he's a part of trade rumors again. All right, next, talk a little Cowboys. Jerry Jones said they've got a team that can compete for the top spot. I said on TV the Eagles should be worried about the Cowboys. Does that mean you're leaning on the Cowboys? The producers asked me at plus 600 to win the NFC. I might be. I'm going to, I'm not going to give my full, we're not doing our NFL preview show, but there are a lot of things that I like about the Cowboys this year. The coaching staff, take out the coaching staff, which I don't love. And if you're like me and you think the Niners quarterback situation this year, they're not, they're finally not going to be able to overcome it. And you think the Eagles might have a bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Who's left in the NFC? The Cowboys are the best looking of the remaining teams. Talk more about them in a moment. And then the news from last night. Aaron Rodgers, seemingly, I still have a, almost a hard time believing this, but all of the reporting has been just flat gave up around $35 million. Changed his contract to where he had more than $100 million guaranteed to now $75 million guaranteed. I think he had $107 million guaranteed. So it's like $32 million he just gave back. And yes, there is some irony in you know the sports world's biggest critic of Big Pharma giving Big Pharma's number one heir, Woody Johnson, more than $30 million rebate, but I'll leave that alone. Uh... This objectively helps the Jets. There's just, there's no shots to take. There's no yeah buts. Does it maybe, are the Packers waking up this morning like you got to be effing kidding me? Maybe. Does this make the trade for Rodgers a better trade? Of course. Does it give the Jets a better chance to compete for a championship over the next two years? Undeniably. Is it a shocking move? You don't see guy. You see guys restructure contracts, move money around. You don't see guys flatly give up thirty some million that has already been agreed to. You see guys take under market deals, those types of things. But this contract was signed. They owed him this money. He gave it back. So you've got to give him credit for it. Unless there it comes out with some reporting that oh well actually he's going to get the whole thing. But that doesn't seem to be what it is. Tom Pelissaro initially reported it, then everyone had it after, and they have echoed it. He's flatly giving this money back, which the Jets are, might try to sign Dalvin Cook. It, they're bringing him in today. Craig Carton first reported that. Now a lot of people have. I. It helps them, and it helps his chances of being able to win a Super Bowl there. So I'll give him credit for it. Does it make me change my opinion that the Jets are... Far overhyped? No, it does not. 
Does it make me change my opinion that the Jets are at best the seventh playoff team in the AFC and probably on the outside looking in? It doesn't. But it does help help them greatly for next season in 2024. And it does give you real belief that he's planning on sticking around for these next two years. And we'll see if I'm wrong about him this year. But listen, I have... There are a lot of things Aaron Rodgers done over the last few years that I've been highly critical of. This is re- truly putting his money where his mouth is on trying to win a Super Bowl with the Jets. I don't think they can do it. I don't think they're that good of a team. And I think last year's we talked about it on Tuesday, there's seven wins last year. One was against Josh Allen, excellent win. One was against Aaron Rodgers. Very good win. And five were against backup or third-string quarterbacks. And so I don't, and they have a brutal start to the season, and they lost six straight in last year. So I am not a buyer on the Jets. But this move helps them, and it certainly is going to ingratiate himself, at least temporarily, to the New York media, which I think will be helpful. And I'm excited to see the Seen on Hard Knocks where they cover it. All right, quick break. Come back, play a game of likely, maybe, what if. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in episode 167. Reminder, you guys can throw your questions into the chat. We'll get to them in the next segment. Starting off here with a player who's not being traded, Shohei Otani. He's off the market. And by, before I even get to the question, this is the right move. I said on TV two weeks ago today, actually, uh, that or actually it was two weeks ago Wednesday, so I guess 15 days ago, that the Angels shouldn't trade him. You have a guy who is in the discussion to be the best player in the history of the sport. You're a few games out of the playoffs. You're going to get Mike Trout back. Make a push. And it, they did. They went out and traded for Giolito uh, last night. Uh, read that this morning. They are tra- they they are buyers instead of sellers, which is what they should be when you have this guy. 
and maybe you convince him to stay. I don't know, but you're not going to get equal return if Otani actually might be the best player ever. You got to do everything you can to keep him. Now, could you get equal return if he's leaving in a few months and you miss the playoffs? Yes, but you roll those dice. Try to make a playoff push. Try to convince him to stay. Try to win the whole damn thing this year when Trout comes back. So I think they made the right call there. I applaud them for that. But the producers wanted to know who would get the biggest return in a hypothetical mega trade: Otani, Giannis, or Mahomes, assuming all players are healthy and under long-term deals. The answer is Mahomes by a wide margin. A wide margin. I... If Mahomes were available, you the Chiefs could get Herbert, Bosa, Derwin James, the three best players from the Chargers, and three first-round picks. And by the way, the Chiefs would say no to that. There is not a trade you could make for fair value for Mahomes. I'm the the Eagles could the offer you the best three Hertz plus AJ Brown and Hassan Reddick and three first round picks and the Chiefs would hang up the phone. There's not a trade that could be made. There just isn't. Uh I used to back when I had radio in Kansas City and Rodgers was, he had just won the Super Bowl and was just, I think, going 15-1 and that next year, entering his prime, and the Chiefs had no quarterback and were about to have the number one pick of the draft. Now, this trade is not allowable in the NFL. But I said the Chiefs should call up Green Bay, offer them the number one pick, and have the trade actually be we trade you our first-round pick in perpetuity as long as Rodgers is on the roster. So it would be, it would be, this is 2011, I guess, 12. You get the Chiefs' first-round pick until Aaron Rodgers is no longer our quarterback. So that could be eight first-round picks, nine first-round picks, ten first-round picks, with the belief being that we're going to be drafting near the end of the first round, we're going to have our quarterback. If someone offered that to Kansas City, Kansas City would say no. If you said you can have our first round pick every year that Mahomes plays for us, could be 12 first round picks, the Chiefs would say no and they should say no. You have the most talented player in the history of the sport who, according to NFL history, is just now entering his prime. There is no trade that could be made. All right, let's play our game. Likely, maybe, what if. Sean McVay was asked about the Rams' projected win total being 6.5. He said they don't believe in us. Is there actually value to be had in betting the Rams over? It's likely the Rams are terrible. It's likely the Rams are one of the five or six worst teams in football. They don't have the depth. The Stafford injury is concerning, and listen, they went all in on the Super Bowl. They won it. Credit to them. It would have been really painful if they hadn't, but now they're 
entering a long wilderness. Maybe Stafford gets traded during the season. Let me look at how the Rams season starts. I don't think it's a brutal schedule. But, well, it's not a good start. Uh, it's not a brutal overall schedule, but it is a brutal beginning of the schedule. At Seattle, home for the Niners, at the Bengals, at Indy, home for Philly. If they start 1-4, and four, which they will... If there's a Super Bowl contending team that suffers a quarterback injury, could you see Stafford traded? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what if? I I guess the what if would be, what if Geno massively regresses? The Niners quarterback situation is too much of a mess. And the NFC West this year is last year's NFC South. And eight wins can win you the division, but I so I guess the what if would be they, yeah they win a terrible division, but I don't see that being realistic at all. All right, next, Mac Jones didn't take long. This is, again I'm reading from the producers show how great the Pats defense was at camp. First play on seven on sevens, the quarterback threw an interception. Is this guy going to be good or not? It's likely that Mac Jones is a top tier backup quarterback. That's who he is, flatly. But maybe Mac Jones is actually just a bottom-tier starter. But what if Mac Jones doesn't even make it through the season because Bailey Zappi takes his job? There is no, I'm not going to do the, well, the coordinator's situation was so bad last year. It was terrible last year. But Zappi, who I do not think is some future star, the two games he played, the Patriots offense looks good. Looked good. Mac Jones is petulant. He's immature. He's the only quarterback in league history to be marked a dirty player for what he has tried to do post-turnover with the gator rolling and sliding with his cleats up. That was kind of a Brady thing, but the ankle twisting. I no, I just I'm not gonna believe in him. I don't think he's good, and I talk about him way too much on the TV show because of Wild. So not getting into it. Now Daniel Jones, Tiki Barber said Daniel Jones would be a top five quarterback. Demonze probably agrees. What do you think? Uh, well, it's likely that Daniel Jones is exactly who smart people think he is—a good athlete. Strong limitations as a quarterback who will put a ceiling on your team as long as he's your starter. That's the most likely. That he tops out, tops out at the 16th best quarterback in football. But maybe it's likely Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. That's right. But maybe the Giants truly lean into his athleticism try to turn him into a very poor, poor man's Cam Newton, lean on the running and win that way. And the what if is what if they open up the offense this year to see what he can be, which they should have done via the franchise tag. Instead, they gave him the long-term deal. And... You realize you've invested 
four years, $160 million into a bad quarterback. So I, I understand the Daniel Jones folks were taking a bit of a victory lap after last year. I understand. No, no, no. It's not the what if DeMonte was right. It's what if that he's that the Giants realize they're screwed because DeMonte likes Daniel Jones. I, I've never. I give him credit. He stopped fumbling the ball, and he didn't throw picks last year. But it's because it was a training wheels offense asking him to do as little as possible. Where he threw 15 total touchdown passes. I'm just not believing in it. Just I'll die on that hill, but I'm not going to die on the hill. All right, to Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's been given the all-clear. They'll continue to follow the original return plan. Shanahan said when he does return, he'll be with the starters. Will Purdy be able to recapture his rookie year magic? It's likely Brock Purdy is a slightly worse version than he was last year. More film on him, suffered a major injury to his throwing arm, already had athletic limitations. Maybe Purdy becomes an all-time Cinderella story in this league. Maybe Purdy builds on last year, is even better, and the Niners do have their quarterback of the future. What if, though, Brock Purdy has to miss time and Trey Lance, who this team gave three first-round picks for, has never really played and they've seemingly already given up on, what if Trey Lance ends up being the guy they they thought he was when they drafted him and the Niners are awesome? I think the Niners' only hope of being awesome is if Trey Lance plays. Now, it's possible Trey Lance is terrible. The, the Niners seem to think he's terrible. I don't. We, we haven't seen enough from him in actual football games to determine that. His rookie season, he played a game and a half, played well in one of them. His second year, he played his first game in a torrential downpour in Chicago, looked bad, and then broke his leg a couple snaps into game two. But... That athleticism in the Shanahan offense would be deadly, and I'd be interested to see it. All right, next, Travis Kelsey has a crush on Taylor Swift. She wouldn't see him before or after the show. Uh, he really wanted to give her a friendship bracelet. He said this on his great podcast, New Heights, which I should be a guest on. Come on, Travis and Jason, make that happen. Uh, if they get together and break up, there'd 100% be a song about Travis. What will happen here? It's likely... And I love Travis. You guys know that. But it's likely that Taylor Swift is, I guess, too big of a celebrity for Travis. I guess if she snubbed him. I Listen, we, we need Diora here for this segment. I don't know a ton about Taylor Swift. I know she's like neck and neck with Beyonce for the biggest star in the world on the musical scene. So maybe she's too big time. Or likely she's too big time. Maybe... She hears about this and is going to be like, oh my God, I love him. I didn't know he was trying to give me a friendship bracelet. And it starts a beautiful relationship. What if Taylor Swift just made the bulletin board for the Chiefs bulletin board on the TV show? Be watching today to find out. And then lastly, what our great executive producer Matt Ford wanted the entire show to be about, Aliens. According to a congressional hearing from yesterday, aliens are real. Multiple uh, whistleblowers said the U.S. found non-human biological pilots on UFOs. Shortly thereafter, our producer Matt freaked out. 
What does this mean for the world? All right, it's likely, in my opinion, that aliens exist, but have not visited Earth. Despite this congressional hearing, I was all in on the congressional hearing, and then I heard one of the people testifying who was like, well, as I've explained on my previous interviews on News Nation, I was like, mm, yikes, I don't know about that. Uh, it's likely they exist, but we haven't had any contact. Maybe these people are telling the truth. We have had contact, and we're trying to deal with it on a governmental level, but haven't figured out the right way to do it. The what if is the scariest to me, which is what if it's everything they're saying is true, they give us even more public evidence that it's true, and America collectively shrugs. That scares me more than any of it. Because, you know, dating back to, hell, Independence Day, great Will Smith movie, there was the idea of, yeah, we're polarized and somewhat broken and, you know, there's wars and there's so much partisanship and all of that. But if we ever faced a true existential threat, we would come together. I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure people would pay that much attention, and I'm not sure people would come together. And that's the scarier part for me, and that is why I, Matt was so excited for me to talk about this, but this is actually kind of a depressing topic for me, because I did think the congressional hearing yesterday was pretty shocking. And this morning... I go to the New York Times, and the top of their website is about U.S. economic recovery, a little on inflation, uh, then there's a Ukraine story, the right side of the page is about 36 hours in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, the real college admission scandal, a Pamela Paul column called Don't Call Her Karen, which I think I would I would rather be beamed up by the aliens than read, a Christopher Rufo column about how diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are getting in the way of education. I, I would rather let the aliens experiment me on, on me than read that one. An article about Trump's lawyers. Uh, July is on track to be the hottest month ever. Oh, yeah, hey, hey. World, how would we deal with an existential threat, be it aliens coming down or the oceans literally boiling? Oh, well, eh, what we gonna do? Um, more on the heat wave, uh, more on colleges and legacy admissions. I, the U.S. Women's National Team won. How the U.S. Supreme Court makes millions on book deals. I'm still going. A migrant ex labor exploitation article, an article about uh, Biden and the and the Prime Minister of Georgia, 
a Sinead, rest in peace, Sinead O'Connor, a Sinead O'Connor story, uh, something on the Korean War, Mitch McConnell's weird thing from yesterday. Guys, I'm still looking for the alien story on the New York Times article. What happened when 15 of, top, of Twitter's top celebrities joined threads? How to tell if your brain needs a break? How to stop sweating so much? All right, now I'm concerned. An article about black debutantes in Detroit. In Seville, Spain, rappers come together. Where's the alien article? I, all right, I'm going back up to the top, and I'm doing a Control-F alien. Zero results. Hold on. What were they calling these? UAPs? Zero results. Did the... All right, maybe... Is the Times censoring it? It's... All right, I got to go to WAPO. Hold on. Washington Post. I got to... Th- now, now I'm angry in a different way. Washington Post. All right. Top story, Trump needed $225 million. A little-known bank came to the rescue. Shocker. Ukraine launches new push. Brisk consumer government spending. Why the famed Appalachian Trail keeps getting longer and harder. Opinion articles. Elon, Harvard and Legacy Admissions, Army Recruiting, a book review, a podcast that dumbass governor of Virginia... Glenn Youngkin, an article about him, Mark Milley on Ukraine, and a, a, a listenable article about being immersed in hookup culture until COVID forced me into intimacy. Okay, let's keep going. Trump lawyers meet with a special counsel. State siphoned away three-quarters of a billion infrastructure funds. The U.S. Women's World Cup. Uh... An article about the RFK Stadium into the commander's home. Where's the alien coverage? Hold on. Latest headline. Supreme Court. 2,000-year-old grave belongs a female warrior. Severe story. Oh, here it is. God dog it. I swear to God. This could this bit couldn't have been better. And it wasn't even a bit. This is the headline. And again, we are, I read, this is where it is. It's in the latest headlines. It's the sixth one listed. Here's what it reads. Congress asks, are aliens real? Many Americans respond, meh. That's the headline. Matt, put Matt on camera, please. Matt, I think we're screwed, buddy. I mean, I really, I think we're in trouble. And, and and by the way, there's a bit of the tag, the tail wagging the dog here. When the Washington Post is like, ask about aliens are real, and Americans are like, eh, who cares? Well, when you put it on your own page, beneath a seven-minute listenable article about hookup culture, and an opinion article about why Twitter's now called X and a podcast about the masculinity and modern man, and a long-form piece on the expanding Appalachian Trail, maybe America's like, it must not be that big of a deal. The Times isn't covering it, and the Post... All right, last one, and then we'll move on. Sorry, I didn't expect to go down this rabbit hole. Wall Street Journal. God, 
Wall Street Journal won't even let me go to their front page if I'm not a subscriber. That's not true. And I am a subscriber. I'm just not logged in. Wall Street Journal. All right. They got Hunter Biden. They have a thing on smart guns. I'm just doing a control F alien. Nothing. UAP. Oh! Recommended videos. A video. God dog it. I it's a the only thing on the Wash on the Wall Street Journal's website is their fifth most recommended video is a 59 second recap of this hearing. Alright, well we're screwed. I'm out. We're done. All right, we got, we, you know what? We just better hope they're not here because we're not prepared. We're not, guys. We don't have our A team on it. We, we got, we, we're in, we're in real trouble. Um, okay. Answer your listener questions next as I face a bit of a existential crisis. What's right? With Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals you will be eating stress-free this spring. Each meal is chef-crafted, fresh, and dietitian approved More importantly, they are never frozen and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled up all day long. Try meals with premium ingredients like filet mignon, truffle butter, and shrimp, restaurant-quality food that you do not have to prep, cook, or clean up delivered right to your doorstep. And if you need to change your deliveries, you can pause or reschedule whenever you like. Factor is your solution for fast and premium meals. Also, for the month of April, Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. So, what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next. Fuel up fast, eat better, and get back to what you love doing this spring with Factor. All right, welcome back in episode 167. We will now read the listener questions. Blue Whale asks, how does the alien news affect LeBron's legacy? I know you're being a smartass, but here's what is true. If the aliens were to come down and take over, it would cement LeBron as the all-time GOAT. Because the worry for LeBron, as he already is the GOAT, is, you know, is Wimby or someone else going to overtake him? But if the aliens take over and there's no more NBA... Then all his records stand, you know, in an odd way, one of the few winners of an alien takeover would be LeBron James NBA legacy. Skeeter Andrews asked, if you could choose any three quarterbacks in history to be on the new Netflix dot quarterback, who would you choose? In history is hard. But I would want Year two, Michael Vick, mid-dynasty Bradshaw, and 
young Marino. You know, I I was saying young Marino, but that made me think of Steve Young. Steve Young, when he took over for Montana, would probably be a good one too. But young Vic, dynastic Bradshaw, and I think young Marino. I wonder if there's any obvious ones I'm leaving out. Warren Moon, when he finally was able to come over, would be interesting from the USFL. Uh, but those are my, the, the producers ask if Joe Namath be on there. I, I mean, I think I know what was going on there. I don't, I'm not, I'm not that, I yeah, I know that story. Gabe says Brett Favre, maybe, like maybe, but I'm go like, no, I'm, I'm going with the ones I said. I think young Marino, who was doing things no one had ever seen in the history of the league. Uh, Dynasty Bradshaw with those Steelers and that era, the 70s. And then Vic, right when he came, you know, a year into the league when he was looked like he might take over. Those would be my picks. Uh, if aliens were to visit and said, bring me your leader, who are we bringing? All right, I know that I said we all couldn't, like nobody, you know, we're all bipartisan, we're all broken, all these things. That's fine. I do think that if it was like, hey, the aliens are here and they have the ability to annihilate us, if that's been established, you can bring us one person to do to talk to them I even think our red hatters that watch the show, I even think they would be like, can we see if Obama's available? And even, even, you know, even the biggest Biden supporters be like, Joe, you can sit this one out. Don and Ron and you, you folks, you guys talk amongst yourselves. Let's just see. If Barack's got some free time, I think he's, that's the answer. If we're being, you know, if, if world annihilation is on the line here. Um, Cutlass asks, anyone else think Demonze looks like Jordan Poole? He's gotten that before, and I've talked to him about it. Also played like Jordan Poole, had a lot of the same frustrations as Jordan Poole, didn't get punched in the face by a teammate, though, like Jordan Poole. Hat on a fox asked, you were forced into a career change and you're shoved into the booth to call a game, do commentary for, for a specific sport and team. What sport would it be and for what team? Listen, it's one of my, I hope to do it at some point, career goals is I really, really would like to be the third person in a booth for the NFL or the NBA. I don't think I have any real shot of it happening with the NFL. I think it could happen with the NBA. But add, I think the way we go to the refs experts for the NFL, we could use a analytical expert. Why they're doing this, was that punt the right decision, it kind of cut through it. It, rather than just saying, ah, the analytics said, and then throw it out. 
That would be for the NFL. And for the NBA, there's a lot of interesting strategic things that have to do with time and score and fouls and things that I feel like get glossed over in uh, in the regular broadcast that I'd be really good at and I've always wanted to do it. When I was a little kid, actually that was my dream job was NBA color commentator because I didn't realize you had to be a basically had to be a former player or coach. But that, I mean, that's what it would be. And I hope to be able to do at least one of those one day. Uh, Chico42 says, Mbappe is reportedly going to turn down three quarters of a billion dollars. What wouldn't you do for three quarters of a billion? Well, I, it, it's less what wouldn't I do. That's the, it's a weird spot for Mbappe because he's already making hundreds of millions. So you got to look at it on that level. But if, let's say, because LeBron and Giannis and Draymond all seemingly joked about going to play in that Saudi Arabian league. If they ever, if they got a league or if they set it up and offered them that type of money. If you're asking me, if they were to be offering 5X my salary to go over there and, in English, obviously, be a color commentator for a Saudi Arabian basketball league, would I do it? Eh. It wouldn't be an instant no. And I know people will judge me for that or whatever. That's why I stayed out of the live golf controversy. I think, eh. You offer me 5X my salary for a couple years? It's not a lifetime deal? Be considered. It wouldn't be dismissed out of hand, I'll tell you that much. All right, today was a fun show. Uh, we have a massive TV show scheduled for you today, so I hope you join us at 3 o'clock on FS1. We'll be back right here on Tuesday with my wife sitting in. Hope you enjoyed the solo show. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you guys.